Talk of the Hollow Sky podcast. I am one half of your host, Stephen. And I'm Kyle. How's it going, Kyle? It's going, buddy. How you doing? Hi. Right. Good. Haven't got the coronavirus yet, so that's a plus. That is a plus. So all our listeners also don't get it because... Stay it out of China. Yeah, or if you're in China, just be careful and don't catch it because that would suck. That would suck. You were trying to keep on top of that story on the Facebook page, but there's so much like fake shit going around. It's hard to know what it we're posting is true or not. Like we're being fake. Yeah, but it's whatever. So anyway, Kyle's going to bring us a demonic topic today, which should be pretty dope. Yes, it will be. <laughs> but before that, we got to get through all the business. So Check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Just search up the Hollow Sky Podcast and you will find us there. Head on over to our Facebook page and you can hang out with us and tell us creepy stories, interact with other listeners, and just have a good, weird time. Speaking of creepy stories, Kyle, how can they submit their creepy stories? Well, you can call us on the hotline and the hotline is going to be one eight seven seven eight zero zero hollow or... You can write your story out, email it to us, and we can read it out for you. Or the preferred method, which would be the easiest for you, is going to be to use your smartphone and get on your voice memo app, record your story, and then email it to us. Yeah, we haven't had any in a while, so if you guys got anything creepy going on and you want to send it to us, that'd be pretty cool. It would be awesome. And we would be appreciative of it, and we will share it. On a future episode. If you listen to our podcast on the Apple Podcast app, make sure to head on over there and leave us a rating and review. Five star preferably, but if not, that's cool too. Uh, if you leave, a, leave us a nice little review, we will read it. Today's review is from Allie Loves Bigfoot. She says, Hooked. Have been binging since the intro or since introducing to the podcast the Disgust Hellier. Fun twist with weird and irreverence. Keep it up. So thanks, Allie Loves Bigfoot, for the kind words. We definitely appreciate it. Yep. So before we get into this whole uh, demonic episode Kyle has put together, we are going to share our listener encounter, which is kind of a follow-up encounter from one, not last week, but the week before. Involving uh, the baddest car on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, it's from our friend Luke. So... Luke says, I just thought about something related to the encounter I told you about AJ and I. First off, to answer Kyle's question about me looking for damage, he guessed right. I thought I ran over someone who was standing in the roadway after maybe an accident or something. When the light and the figure appeared, it was within 10 feet from the front of my bumper. Now, to give this a twist to think about other than extraterrestrial view and possibly more paranormal, I just now thought about an event my dad had encountered and told me about about 10 years ago, or told me about years ago. In 1970, Dad was leaving Fielden with a load of livestock headed to St. Louis. It was late and dark, and as he rounded the same curve, he spotted a car sitting in the highway and a man flagging him down. He stopped, thinking they had car trouble. They told him they had ran over a person that was walking down the highway. Dad found the, mount, the man dead. He'd been thrown into a fence along the curve. Dad had said the man's shoes were still on the highway, a common occurrence when an individual is hit with a hard impact and actually actually pulls the body out of the shoes. My question is, maybe that was the spirit of the man that spotted or that we spotted that night, forever trapped in the spot where he was tragically killed. Weirder part that happened 
is that it happened in 1970 and the car I was driving was a 1970s model. I find it very interesting to think about and it is a possibility. So first off, thanks Luke for touching base with us again on that. And that does put a rather interesting twist on the whole uh, encounter. For sure. So yeah, that opens up a, a ghost encounter, basically for lack of a better term. Yeah, um, and I definitely picked it up Whenever I was reading the story about the the 70 Chevelle and the year that the accident happened in originally, now, I I want it to be an alien story. I don't <laughs> want it to be a ghost story. <laughs> we, we know. It's kind of... You know, yeah, I can't help it. Um, but for me, I mean, the one thing that just still throws me off as far as the ghost story goes is the blinding white light. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen in ghost encounters and stuff like that. But that that would be the one determining factor for me, you know, because there's a lot of different things. I mean, with the ghost story, you know, your brother could still be scared that something would be clinging to the car, you know, all the same with the extraterrestrial or whatever. But I don't know. There's, in my gut, man, I just lean more toward the extraterrestrial, but that's also just who I am. So I keep trying to make connections between the traumatic incident of a man being hit by a car with like the spirit being trapped in that state. Yeah. So if you're getting hit by a car, what's the, like the last thing you see? Yeah. Bright it's lights. Gonna be bright lights. Right? Uh, yeah. That's a good observation, man. So that's what I keep thinking. Like for sure. Maybe he's just, maybe the sight of a car. I know this is kind of a stretch, but we're just running with it. The sight of the car from the same year kind of ignited that traumatic incident. And he's, he's, just kind of stuck in that purgatory and then when he sees the car then it all starts flashing forward right and no definitely the thing possible. that's weird is luke's perspective in the car is almost the perspective of the driver as opposed to the person that got hit by the car you know what i mean yeah so maybe his spirits there, like just warning people to pay attention on that curve dude i mean absolutely i mean that that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I'm not going to argue it as much as I still want it to be extraterrestrial. And not to mention, there, there there's a tie-in with your mom's story and those yeah. bright lights and stuff, too. Yeah. So there's a lot of weird shit that goes on in that area. Uh, whether this was a ghost or extraterrestrial, I mean, it's a fascinating, awesome story regardless yeah because at first i was totally like it's, it's a ufo that's yeah. classic textbook ufo absolutely setting. but when he told me the story the story his dad told him from the guy getting hit it it's like man there's a whole new avenue this thing could have went down yeah so and as i mean not to jump off the subject here but like i talked to steve i think it would be cool to get like a little map of jersey county and come up with like a pin system where we use different colored pins and start marking these these occurrences down because you know we we started off this podcast and wanted it to be our intention was to be a homegrown podcast where it ignited in our hometown and just expand from there and another side note thank you to everybody we are rapidly approaching 10,000 views yeah it's crazy in the first year which is a it's, a, it's far so beyond much more. anything i ever thought would yeah happen but uh so awesome yeah keep listening and telling people for sure but we just think it would be cool since we we went that route to start kind of like a little pin system on a map and have like red for UFO and blue for ghost or what whatever the color coding 
you want to do and start pinning these out because we've had Steve's mom's stories, our own personal stories. Now this one, didn't you just get a message about, uh, possibly seeing the hat man just right down the road Yeah, in Otterville. I mean, so many different things. In yeah, that. we've had Bigfoot stories and yeah. Thunderbird stories. And, like, our our little community here is pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, whenever, that's an understatement. Whenever people start coming out of the woodwork and actually talking about it, like, there's a lot of weird shit that goes on around here. Absolutely. And it would be interesting to kind of try to get a bunch of that together. Yeah. Like, a record of all of that. Because... You guys are the the meat and the potatoes of this podcast. You Absolutely. Know? So you out there that are sitting on a weird story that doesn't want to come forward with it because you think people are think you're crazy, we're all crazy, bud. Just Touché. send it out here. We want to hear it for sure. And you don't you don't even have to give your name. You know, we I understand your email might state your name or whatever, but just tell us. Say we, we just want to be anonymous. Yeah, we well, can keep it completely anonymous. Yeah, just keep you a first name. You know, so-and-so from Anything. here or there. Give us a nickname, a fake name. Whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the thing about it is if, if you're listening to this, you're compelled and interested in stories, just like the rest of yeah. us. And that's all, you know, it's just kind of like one of them fascinating things for this little group of people here. And we don't want to take it away from any of our... Uh, international listeners that want to write a story and we want to hear all your stuff too. Absolutely. We just thought it was kind of neat getting a bunch of local stories together here as we're kind of, kind of grassrooting roots in this thing. So. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. So cool. Yeah. You guys are awesome. And as crazy as this place gets, I still wouldn't recommend visiting it for all you, uh, international people or out of state people. <laughs> stay away from <laughs> Illinois. Yeah. Just stay away. <laughs> It's not worth it. And it has nothing to do with ghosts or Bigfoot. No, <laughs> no. Just stay away. But we got carried away there. Uh, thanks for the follow-up, Luke. We know you're probably out there listening somewhere, driving in the big rig, so Heck be safe. Yeah. If you think of anything else wild, hit us up and let us know. For sure. So now Kyle is going to take us on this magical mystery tour into the life of an exorcist. Yeah. So this should be This is one of those topics that last definitely is at the top of my scare the shit out of me radar. I don't I don't like to fuck with the the demons and the devil, man. Kyle don't mess with the demons. No. Uh what was that quote? <laughs> that knew, guy? I knew you were going to yeah, say it. Okay. I, yeah, say so, it. It's fucked up. Way back way back when, back in my early days, um I met this guy that I'll call Ghost Hunter Dave. Shout out to Ghost Hunter Dave if you're listening. I know you tune in every once in a while. But he would go around and investigate a bunch of uh, haunted sites in Illinois. Like big name ones like Mantino and you, you name it. He's probably been there. Cemetery X and all this shit. So he was kind of getting me interested in the field and stuff. And I was a pretty big skeptic. And I'm still kind of a skeptic, but open-minded skeptic. Anyway, Dave was telling me this story about uh, the Cemetery X place and how it was just different. It just felt different to him than a haunting. And he said whatever was there was evil, just pure evil. And he said this quote that has stuck with me forever and apparently stuck with Kyle. Fuck yeah. He says, you can go ghost hunting all you want. 
Chase all the ghosts you want. He says, don't fuck with the devil. The devil will follow you home. Nope. And ever since you told me that, man, it, it like you said, it just stuck with me. I mean, it hit home. It's just <laughs> one of the things like, fuck that. Like, I'm not messing with that stuff, dude. And in her, and crazily enough, I haven't, I haven't seen or heard from Dave in quite a while. I used to run into him every here and every now and then here or there, but I haven't talked to him in a while. And he just kind of fell out of the whole ghost hunting thing. I don't know if he had an an experience that turned him away from it or what the deal was. But anyway, back to your exorcist story. Right on. Um, Shout out to Ghost Hunter Dave. For sure, man. Uh, this story is about Dr. Richard Gallagher and his subject by... He gave her a nickname, and her name would be Julia. Um, this story starts off with a skeptical man, and his name was, as I previously stated, Dr. Richard Gallagher. He was a Princeton and Yale-educated psychiatrist. He's also on the faculty at Columbia University and New York Medical College. Gallagher has been the longest-standing American attendee at the meetings of the now Rome-based International Association of exorcists in Italy. There's an act. There's an actual thing. Uh, apparently, the internet. What is it again? The International Association of, of exorcists, exorcists in they Italy. All, they all just meet. I guess so, and just hang what? out and probably have coffee. Like that's a. There's. Oh my god, dude, the shit's real. Like there's a. <laughs> there's a need for an international. Yeah, these guys exorcist are OG exorcists, man. What do, what does one do to become an exorcist? Like, what do you have to take like a state know. mandated test? And I don't know. Study up on your demonology. The devil follows you home. Yeah, well, that's need, all the information I need. Apparently, he's following them to Italy for coffee. Right. <laughs> I can't believe there's a. I can't believe there's an actual like club. Yep. <laughs> that's crazy. And what's even crazier is, for the longest time, he was actually the only psychiatrist. On its governing governing board, oh, I could see that. Yeah, nobody wants to try to mix common sense and religion, right? No offense I to guess. anybody, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my bad. No, that's good. <laughs> now, Doctor Gallagher, through his studies and cases, has deemed that most people who ask to be evaluated for possession are not possessed at all. He also states that he's done thousands of evaluations and only around a hundred of those were actually possessed. But he also stated that much more of those were actually oppressed by evil, which basically means that these people being oppressed were being physically and mentally attacked and harassed by the devil and or demons. But they just, they weren't possessed by the demons. Yes, it was more of like, the demon just messing with you. Yeah, just so making your life fucking you suck. Yeah, the devil followed you home, but he's just messing with your stuff. Yeah, he's not taking you over. He's just basically making your life suck or your uh, perception of life suck. You know. So I wonder when he, like when he said he investigated thousands of people, but only a hundred of them he like said were possessed. I wonder what the rest of these were, like mental illnesses or like, you know, like misdiagnosed mental illnesses that people... I don't know. It doesn't really clarify on that. It just, you know, basically stated, like I just read, you know, only about 100 of them were actually possessed and much more were oppressed. Yeah. So. I got you. Yeah, I mean, and then I'm sure that some of these other people, like you were saying, it was just mental illnesses that hasn't 
hadn't been di- diagnosed yet. Yeah, because they're since if he started that many years ago, the science behind mental illness has taken leaps and bounds since right. then. So and you know, and th- and this guy started out skeptical, and Same. he would always use like the scientific method to reach his conclusions. Like he uses, even though he's Catholic, he he still uses science as like his main spearhead. He doesn't just buy into everything. He he goes well out of his way to, I guess, judge if a person is actually being affected by evil. Now, with this story, one day a woman approached him and asked him for help with her issues. She claimed that she was being tormented by demons. Now, there are, there are several different accounts of this woman. One One account claimed that she was being torn or uh, my bad that she was a nice woman with a religious background. She told Dr. Gallagher that at times she would feel evil spirits start to overtake her. And then believe it or not, bruises would actually manifest all over her body. And Dr. Gallagher witnessed this for himself. And he had no explanation of how this could actually be happening. That's crazy. Yeah. And that that was one way, that was one of the major ways that Dr. Gallagher would differentiate between these these cases. He stated that uh, basically paranormal happenings were one of the easiest ways to identify uh, actual possession. And apparently with Julia, her life was full of it. Oh, and before I go too far forward, most most places in my research accounted for Julia actually being what she, I mean, she referred to herself as the high priestess of a Satan cult. Wow. So she, by most accounts, she indulged in this. And he's like, when she approached me, she was dressed in all black. She had black eyeshadow. I mean, picture someone who's in a satanic cult. And that's probably what you're going to picture what she looked like. You know, (laughs) I'm going to, I was looking into this international association of exorcists because that kind of ticked on my radar here. Yeah. And this says the Vatican does not track global or countrywide exorcisms. Did you read that in your thing? Uh, -uh. which is kind of, you think they would kind of keep a record of that. That's what they tell you. Yeah. But the demand is rising. He That's said, what I was uh, reading, that the demand is actually on the rise for exorcisms. How crazy is that? It says the United States is home to about 50 stable exorcists, those who have been designated by bishops to combat demo- demonic activity on a semi-regular basis, up from just 12 a decade ago. So in 10 years, it's quadrupled right. in size. According to Reverend Vincent Lambert, an Indianapolis-based priest exorcist who is active in the International Association of Exorcists, he receives about 20 inquiries per week, double the number from when his bishop appointed him in 2005. So this is like so in crazy recent. Years, in 15 years, it just keeps stacking. Well, and I was reading that a lot of the reason is that um, God is being pushed out of modern society. So if that's if that's the case, are the people that still believe in God are they are they like writing off all this crazy shit as like demons? I don't know. That's a good question. Like, oh, there's no more God in schools, and little Billy here is being a dickhead. Maybe he's possessed by a demon. I I, I would imagine in some cases, yeah, 
that some people are doing that stuff that are just writing off some of these atrocities. But then again, it makes you wonder. I mean, like all the, you know, some of these mass shootings and shit, the ones that aren't false flags and the ones that are what, however you want to portray it. Like it takes an evil fucking person to do that type of stuff. Yeah, that's, but I like, it's kind of a can of worms for me. I, and I could I could easily see that because it, because like that comes down like to your that, faith. I feel like that is a bullshit excuse, you know, being like, "Oh, this dude just shot <clears throat> up this school. Let's blame the devil." No, that dude was a piece of fucking shit. Well, there's that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to argue that fact at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And there there and are. That's just where I stand on the whole the whole thing. I feel no, like I it's, see it's it. It's easy to people like to compartmentalize things. When something awesome happens, they like to have something to thank. Right. When something shitty happens, they like to have someone to blame or something to blame it on. For sure, absolutely. And that's I feel like that is humanity in its rawest form. That's who we are. You know, you can't strip that away from us, but in a perfect world, you would look at that situation from every angle, you know, you wouldn't just you wouldn't just immediately go this guy is a piece of shit or this guy was possessed by a demon. Or I mean, he had, you, like a mental disorder. Or yeah, I mean, like if you if you really wanted to investigate that, you you have to strip away the opinions and to strip away your beliefs and look at it for what it is and look at it from every angle. Maybe some people are just born shitty. I don't doubt it. <laughs> I know <laughs> some people like that. <laughs> we kind of went off on a tangent here, <laughs> but that's a different show. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> okay. Anyway, there's there's a. What I was going to also say is him seeing the bruises yeah. and stuff. Because there's, there's accounts of poltergeist activity where people are attacked by said poltergeists. Right. You know, like where they get scratches. Like if you watch Ghost Adventures. Right, right, yeah. You know, oh, Zach's always getting choked. And all well, this other. <laughs> he's always trying to fight him. <laughs> Choke me, devil daddy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but it makes me wonder, could these just be extreme poltergeist activity? Or, on the flip side of that, could this poltergeist activity just be a like a cloak for demonic activity? I don't know. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, we'll get a little more descriptive as far as that question goes. But, right on. I mean, there, when it comes to, I guess, the, the history of demons, they say that demons can basically, they'll, they'll mimic or use ways of tricking you into thinking it's one thing when really they're... Yeah, like they're, they're the puppet master. Like they take the form of like a little kid, and, yes, and shit. That so that's why every time you hear of little kid ghost, dude, it freaks me the fuck out because yeah. you're like, well, when, wait a minute. When we all went and did that investigation in the uh, the old abandoned antique shop that I've talked about on here before, they have a picture. If I can find it, I will post it on the page. I used to have it, but it's of a shadow of a little kid up in the abandoned no, attic. Oh, fuck that. Just standing there. It's the one that played with... They'd put toys up there. No, no. they'd go look at it and the toys would be moved and shit. Dude, I got goosebumps right now. Fuck that. Dude, I'll have to find it. No <sighs> way. Man. Anyway. Yep. I keep interrupting no, you. No, it's good. My back... brain, my brain's firing like... <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's what we need. Uh, back to the story here. Um, now, Dr. Gallagher said that Julia had a life full of paranormal happenings, which was, one of, like I said, one of the ways that he would easily... Or, I guess, yeah, he easily diagnosed her as being possessed. Some of these accounts are pretty fucking weird. And 
he stated that the first time he saw her, or no, the night before the first time he saw her, he said he was laying in bed, and all of a sudden his cat started going fucking crazy, just acting all types of weird. And the very next day, he met her, and she asked him, Dr. Gallagher, how did you like those cats? What? Yeah. And so, you know, I guess it kind of, because this, this dude apparently doesn't freak out by much. He's a big dude. They said it was like 6'5". Sounds like he's got a pretty stable head on his shoulders yeah. also. And apparently he got pissed. He uh, he told <laughs> her, he's like, if you do any, ever do anything like that again, I will I will no longer assess you for your exorcism see ya yeah he basically said deuces don't don't fuck with cats no and he he's he also said that another time he was talking on the phone with her priest about having a session with her and all of a sudden her voice came over the phone and it started screaming at the priest in a demonic voice now to add to this mystery she was at the time thousands of miles away of course she was Okay, that's weird. It is weird. Now, through um, her sessions of exorcisms, during some of these, there would be there. Well, there would always be a team there observing her. So you had all you know a handful of people there helping out with the exorcism because, and I think mostly because Julia also allowed Doctor Gallagher to take notes and record her story and share it. And that's probably why this is one of the only ones that are kind of out there by Dr. Gallagher. Because she gave previous permission to release this type of information. And there's a nice trail of evidence. Right. And now apparently during some of these sessions, some of the staff or team, however you want to describe them, would become compelled and start to taunt the priest. And they would, you know, some of them would be saying, leave her alone, you idiot. She's ours leave you imbecile priest and i'm sure there are all types of different pleasantries yeah yeah that they <laughs> shared with language. the priest yes which f words none nobody i was trying to figure out and find some of the the dirtier things she was saying but nobody posted it anywhere and it's probably <laughs> it's probably more or less from dr gallagher because he's taking it from such a professional standpoint yeah they're trying to get under his skin. Yeah, Shake exactly. Him. Dr. Gallagher also took note that um, she would break out in different voices, which at times would sound guttural and masculine. At other times, it would be high-pitched like some kind of feline screeching. Hey, Hollow Cult. The weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tecovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tecovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, Regular leather boots, they they have it all, and it's re- it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in store experience like it. So just imagine yourself 
getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Her comments would typically contain hateful remarks for anything religious. While going through the exorcism, she would make inhuman noises and sometimes objects would fly off shelves. One thing that st- struck Dr. Right. One thing that struck Dr. Gallagher was that she would know things about the team that were basically impossible for her to know, such as she knew Dr. Gallagher's mother died of ovarian cancer. She also knew about a few, few of the priests that were there. She would describe them when they weren't there, and she would describe where they were, how they were feeling, and even what they were wearing, which is pretty fucking weird. That is pretty So you had more of that on top of everything that's already happening, which is starting to sway Dr. Gallagher like, oh, shit, like this this stuff's real. It's hard to uh, dismiss those kind of things with a mental illness. Exactly. Exactly. Now, he made other notes that when these voices would come to the surface, they would speak in foreign languages, including recognizable Latin and Spanish. And Julia said that she was only able to speak English. I mean, when you when you step back and look at it, is she pulling his leg about these languages? Yeah, that's that's probably you have to take her word for it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? If she's so deep, if this is a lie and she's so deep in it that you have to question that. Well, like sure. As, as far as the speaking in different languages. Now, the moving shit uh, with a brain. I, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, that's that's out of my wheelhouse there. And I mean, and then you. But that is. If you, if you only look at the different languages and shit like that, like if that's all that's going on, my radar would be like. Bullshit. Bitch. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, like, come on. You're not possessed. You just know some languages, or at the very least, you found some phrases to repeat to me <laughs> because I don't know how to talk in different languages. Yeah. It but, would be easy to write off, but on top of everything else... Exactly. When, especially when she's like, I only know English, and then she starts railing off some guttural Latin... I don't even know. I don't even know. Exactly. Just whatever the hell Latin phrases she's saying... Uh, that would probably take on my radar. Well, like, yeah, I would definitely believe her because at this point, if you've already experienced all that other weird shit, I'm gonna be like, well, I mean, it it fits the mo. I might, yeah. I mean, chalk it up, right? Keep it coming. What's she gonna do next? Start fires with her brain? I wouldn't doubt it. And then with these voices, I mean, straight out of the movies, uh, most of the time she would be very blasphemous, of course, and it would be. It would be containing high scatological phrases, which I had no fucking clue what that means. I Googled that for Kyle. Yes, he found it for me. It's poop phrases. <laughs> yeah, she would talk about poop. I wonder. And fun little side note. And you guys probably just learned a new word because I know I did. I'm going to Google the... Well, I'm not going to Google anything because the computer's busted. But I'm going to read you 
the definition of scatological. Scatological, relating to or characterized by an interest in excrement or excretion. And then the image there is a pile of poop. Yeah, on a plate. On a gold plate. Hmm, neat. So you have that going for you. That's neat. Yeah. I wonder what... New word. I wonder what... I wish there was a recording or a YouTube video listening to what she was saying. I agree. Did she, like, tell the priest to eat shit? Because if, I that's, mean, if that's the case, then I, I too, have used some scatological <laughs> phrases in my time. So I'm guilty, but you I'm know, not possessed. No. Well, I mean... So, word of the day is scatological. There you go. Back to the demons. Yep. Um, aside from that, adding more to the movie depictions of exorcism, she had unnatural strength, uh, which is pretty atypical for the situation. Yeah, like well, that one that I saw take place, that was... It was crazy. Yeah, she, uh, the report was that there was about six people holding her down Sounds and spot. It's like spot on. It took those people everything they had to be able to hold her down. There was a claim, which it kind of went back and forth. I did find one place that said it did not happen, but there were many other places that said that it did happen. It reported that she levitated about six inches off the ground. Which is another common occurrence in demonic possession. Exactly. Which is weird. Not weird in the sense, I mean, it's weird that somebody's levitating, but it's is it like a power move for demons? You know, like oh, probably it's I'm one of the, so it's got to be one of them showboat things, man. I mean, I'm it's in so the much fuck control out of me. that I can just lift this lift. Look how strong I am, just lifting but, the body. You know, aside from that, what are you gonna do? whether that was real or not, I I don't know. I'd be petrified to see it, but I got This is where I tip my hat to the priests and the people involved here. So during this exorcism, they would actually try to trick Julia. Now, we've all seen it in the movies where the priest is praying over them and trying to drive the demon out, and then what do they start doing? One of the first things they do is they start splashing holy water on the possessed person because the because holy the water... Power of Christ compels you? Yeah, and you know it, it hits them, they hiss, or do they do whatever? Well... This is where I tip my hat because the priest would actually switch it up. So sometimes they would throw holy water at her and she would react. And other times they would just get regular fucking water and throw it at her and she would not react. Hmm. So there was no fucking way for hmm. her to know that. I wonder what the success rate for that was. It doesn't say. If it was like a hundred, like every time they tricked her. That's kind of how they make it sound. She was on it because that would be crazy well and that's what's so fascinating for me about this story is that this is one of the situations that made dr gallagher believe in this shit so you I, one can only assume that she knew when they were fucking tricking her yeah it's like it's like he performed his own mini science experiment you know? exactly and that you, was, you change the variable and nothing the reaction is different and it, you know, in all my findings, it said that that's how he conducts things. He doesn't, he does, he just doesn't buy into the shit. Yeah, he actually goes out of his way to it, get past it's people cool lying and shit. That he does that. Well, yeah, because you know we've talked about it before, like on Hellier, with that rock falling into place. When you're stuck in that moment, in that mindset, yeah, yeah, you are gonna, you're just gonna react and be like, oh shit, yeah, like, oh yeah, <laughs> you know. 
But this bitch is yelling, yelling at me in Latin. I'm like, well, she's possessed. I'm yeah, out of here. I'm out of here. She's <laughs> levitating, moving yeah. like stuff's falling Fuck off the bookshelf. This. I'd have been gone about three minutes in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep, you're possessed. I don't know what to tell you. I'm out. Now, <laughs> sorry about you. <laughs> fuck yeah, I'm I'm no different. I've been gone. Um, apparently Julia went through eight exorcisms. What? After, Somebody's not doing their job right. If you have to get eight exorcisms, well, I mean, they did eight because they claimed that there was more than one demonic entity inside uh, her. So you can't just go in and clean house. Exactly, and you take them out one at a time. Right. I want to know, which I know you probably don't have the answer to, but what makes people susceptible to that kind of possession? Well, where not only one, like I could see maybe if like one gets in there, he kind of just opens the door. He's like, hey, we got one. Come on in, fellas. (laughs) Dorms open. Right. Um, Now, I did kind of do, uh, had a little bit of finding in that. And they were saying that most people that fall victim to this almost invite it. So like in Julia's case, I mean, the obvious answer, she was in a fucking satanic cult. So there's that. Yeah. But was she, was she in the satanic occult before she was possessed? I don't know. Or did she start like getting possessed and then they pushed her toward the satanic cult? You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I mean, and then, the other the finding that I had was, I mean, straight up telltale bullshit. Ouija board. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> making a deal. Something oh. bad happens in your life. Oh yeah. And you're like, who's the one guy that's gonna give me what I want? I mean, all I gotta do is say I'm gonna give him my soul. I don't really mean it. Yeah. But I'm gonna go ahead and do it. And that's that was that's the invitation. And apparently, the devil. We'll take up on your imitation in most cases. How much is a soul worth? I don't know. I mean, the <laughs> the devil probably give you about whatever you want. So Noted. <laughs> <laughs> but after, after that eighth exorcism, Julia decided to call it off. And oh, she shut it down. She did shut it down. And this is where it gets a little interesting. She shut it down because I, I'm assuming that some of these demons were being banished. So one could imagine that she's starting to lose the connection with the quote unquote powers that she has. And she decides, like, kind of gets cold feet where she's like, you know what? I'm done with this because I actually enjoy the power that I get from being able to channel these demons. And Dr. Gallagher is like, well, you know, basically noted that she's playing both sides of the fence and that in order for an exorcism to work, the the host has to want to rid themselves of it. You, it's not it's not some kind of like stupid fucking enchantment that just kicks the demons out of you. You actually also have to want it. So you have to take part in expelling this from your yourself. And apparently she she wasn't about that life. She was like, you know what? Like, I'm good. I'm just going to keep them. Yeah, like, because I got powers and stuff. I can levitate. Did she... I'm going to rewind because I may have missed it when I was reading. Did she, did she go to Dr. Gallagher first? Yes, she was the one that initiated it. Hmm. Which is curious. Makes me wonder if... Yes, I said curious. 
if she initiated it in the beginning to get exercised or if she just initiated it to see what he had to see what he was what they were bringing to the maybe table. Like i mean kinda, i didn't think of it like that what kind of ammo the church had so it was like it was like the devil being like, you know what? Let's let's see what let's their see. ace card. Let's yeah. see their hand. You know? let's, uh, and then when they started knocking people down, she's like, whoa, pump the wait brakes. Wait a fucking minute. We're going to back out of this. No, that's a cool way to look at it. Like like the, the devil is like, you know what? I think it's time to to test the battlefield yeah, here. Just, let's you know, uh, dip your toe in the water. Let's move. Let's move some pawns up. Let's because, see. Let's see what they got. I mean, I can understand if if her life was spiraling out of control and she's like, "I need help," but at no point did she, in any of our studies here, did she seem like like she came to him in a helpless state. No, exactly. I you mean, know what I mean, yeah, which is crazy. It is weird. Um, moving on. Sorry. No, it's good. Um. Dr. Gallagher didn't hear from her for a while. And then out of the blue one day, she calls. And she says, could we pick back up on the exorcism? And he's like, why? Because the devil's regrouped. (laughs) Well, there may be that. But she said she was dying of cancer. Oh. And then, unfortunately, Dr. Gallagher never heard from her again after that phone call. Oh, so with that being said, that's crazy. and being who I am, it makes me wonder a couple things here. Now, when she found out she had cancer, did that make her want to talk to Gallagher and complete the exorcism because she knew where she was fucking going? Yeah, I mean that that I feel like is a big kind of uh, hey, yeah, take a look at your life. Yep. You know the the promise of death. You got to really evaluate some of your beliefs and shit. Yeah, and I mean, if if obviously, despite what anybody listening, despite what your personal beliefs are, obviously she believed in heaven and hell. You know, the devil and God, the whole bit and caboodle. She she's committed to it. Now my thinking is. She's dying. She knows the end is rapidly approaching. What do I do? Do I do I go to hell or do I get exercise, renew my faith, repent and go to heaven? Yeah. I mean that seems like the most logical explanation. Well, honestly. absolutely. I mean, that's that's kind of how She's my brain like, goes. Oh shit, here I was high queen of Satan. <laughs> and now I'm going to die. But you would think since she was into all that shit, She'd be like, oh, finally, I'm going to go chill out with the devil. That's dope. And that's not exactly the case. Now, to play into it even more, and I'm sure some of you are thinking the same shit, what if he never heard from her again because of what was inside her made her off herself? Because there was never, in my findings, now it may be out there somewhere, but in my findings, it was never confirmed nor denied that she died from cancer or any type of accident or anything like that. So what if they they found out about her plan and were like, "Yeah, this nope. isn't like you're committed. You're yeah. coming. You're coming home." Or they could have just made her shut up. You know, like it's true too. Once they got in there, and you, you know, like with cancer, she's progressively getting weaker physically and probably mentally. Touche. They could have just taken the whole, just been like, you know what, we know. 
that old boy has the ability to knock us out, to take us out one by one, because apparently it was working. Yeah. So, let's not even mess with him anymore. Yep, bye. That's that's kind of the, the summary of the story. But I, as I was reading on and on, I found some more kind of cool side notes. Apparently, in Dr. Gallagher's community of psych psychiatrists and professionals of mental health. Now, apparently more and more of these people are actually starting to believe in this and take it more seriously, which is kind of weird. I mean, I'm sure that most of them aren't openly coming out and saying this, but they're some of them are actually taking into consideration a person's spiritual dimension into the account for the whatever type of treatment they're going to give that person. And they've even discussed about adding a trance and possession disorder to the bill as kind of like a, a disorder, so to speak. So I don't know if that's like a play on just another type of uh, schizophrenia or whatever. Like a mental illness. Yeah. But it makes that you... Almost, it almost takes away from it. You know what I mean? Like if you label it... As a mental illness, then you're almost taking any uh, dogmatic connotation away from it. Right. You know what I mean? Like it has nothing to do with God or the devil anymore. This is all in your brain. This is the middle. That's kind of how I see it as well. When you, when it's all, you know, black and white like that. Um, but I'm with Dr. Gallagher when he says, you know, we don't even, we don't, we haven't even tapped the surface, the surface of the human brain and the human condition to begin with. So it just kind of makes you wonder what actually does go on behind the scenes. I mean, it's kind of the age-old question, you know, what's after life? And what, you know, what happens when you die? Does our, do we have a soul? Does it continue on after we pass? I mean, those are for at least guys like you and me and probably most of the listeners here. I don't know if that question's ever going to be answered. No. Until our, our grand moment, you know. Yep. All we know about death is that we don't come back. This is true. Well. I mean, that's not necessarily true. Well. But that's another episode. When, yeah, that's true. When you talk about reincarnation and stuff like that's that. That's also true. Um, But I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a fucked up case. It's so... I don't know, man. And it, it was recent, like... If what I found is correct, this happened around 2000. No, it wouldn't have been 2008. I think it got, I think it got published around 2008. So the, I guess the information just recently came out. But nevertheless, I mean, it's an insane story. And I wish they had more. I wish I could have found more of like a detailed of the encounter. Like when, what happened when they went into the first exorcism. And this, yeah. that, and the other. But life's not always like a book like I want it to be. That's true. You know? And, and like I said, the dude, you can tell the dude's professional, and he's not going to post movie-style uh, descriptions of the situations. Yeah. Which and you got to kind of respect. her privacy. Exactly. I mean, he gave her a, a fake name and, and shit like that, so. And if you, like I'm reading here, 
if you hold it to like terms of the Catholic Church, demons are basically like fallen angels, right? Right, exactly. So they're sentient beings. They possess their own wills. So, you know, they're obviously smarter and craftier than humans. So they could go out of their way to conceal themselves. You know, like it says, you can't make them go into a lab to be studied. You know, they hardly allow themselves to be recorded by video equipment. Right. Yeah, almost like they're in tap with everything that humans are trying to throw at them. They're like, nah. Right, and I mean, that kind of brings us back to the, the holy water trick. I mean, it proved that the the demon slash fallen angel, however you wanted to classify it, is actually an intelligent being. And, it, I mean, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, it just, like you were saying, they're definitely smarter than us. They, and they've, if if they are fallen angels, they've they've been around the block way more times than we have because they've been around way longer than we have been. Yeah, essentially just... They're just letting you know what they want you to know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is fucking scary. I mean, it's just, that's what that's one of the reasons why it freaks me out so much because it's not something that you can just combat. It would be cool to be able to talk to Dr. Gallagher. It would be cool. I wonder if we, but I, we could. I mean, I highly doubt that he's going to give us any type of information because he has, you know. Uh, Confidentiality. Yeah, problems. all that bullshit. I mean, even if we don't directly dive into Julia's case, it'd be it's be cool to just yeah. Because I mean, there was take on it. He there was another account that I found by him where he said he witnessed a ninety pound or yeah ninety pound woman throw a two hundred pound man across the room in a different case, not Julia's case, which is which should be it's physically impossible. One would think right? yes, and it's almost like. <laughs> Like you talk about levitation and moving things. It's almost like they don't even even have to act within the laws of gravity. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Because I, when I went and saw that take place with that 15 or 14 or whatever year old girl at that Catholic conference, she was. She was way stronger than she could have been. You know, there was there was five or six guys holding her down. And I mean, I I know you're not bullshitting me, and I know how much of a skeptic you are, and by you telling me that, fucking creeps me out, because I, I know that you're not overselling a situation, and I know you're not overdoing that, because you don't, or at the time, or now, or whatever, you don't believe in that. And I was young then. I was probably 18 or 19 years old. But in my brain, I'm like, they're putting on a show. They're putting on a show is what all I kept thinking. Right. But there wasn't anybody left in the in the building. There was no way to put a show on yeah, for. Who were they putting a show on for? Right. <laughs> it was crazy. And this, the the guttural sound she was making and shit, like it it was ex- it was it was like it was out of a movie. Yeah, and. You know, I, I and I don't know if if she was actually possessed, like you said, or if she was oppressed by a demon. Because the more I read into it, like you almost have to have the okay from bishops and shit to have an, to get an exorcism done. I don't feel like you can just be like, "Oh, snap, no. exorcism." No, and before that, the um, the person has to go through 
almost like a barrage of medical checks to make sure to 100 without you know 100 without doubt make sure they are not going through some type of mental break or something involving medicine in the medical field because the church wants nothing to fucking do with that you got to eliminate as many variables absolutely so they do take precautionary steps in that direction that's wild dude it's it's a messed up story and when you when you think about it when you sit down and just really think about it strip everything away it's fucking creepy it makes you feel bad for her to a point yeah other than the fact that she wants it yeah i get it that she's like oh i'm a satanic high priestess yeah 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 but when it comes down to being basically controlled by eight different beings like that would be awful absolutely i don't like people telling me what to do period no and when you got eight people living inside you, it's almost like a multiple personality disorder kind of thing. It's just... You know, yeah, and my brain's running, so I'm sorry. I'm changing the the line here, but... Flow with it. You know, like when you said earlier about uh, free will and all that shit, it makes me wonder. I don't know if there's truth behind it or not, but I know, and I know I'm probably going to get fucking beat up for it, but, like, you've seen Constantine, right, with Keanu Reeves? No. What the fuck is wrong with you? I know I've heard you talk about it before, but I've never seen it. Oh, I think my I, God. I think I own it, actually, but I've you never watched it. You fucking watch it tonight, okay? I'm doing podcasts tonight. Hash, hashtag shout out to Keanu Reeves yeah. if you're listening, bro. You want to be dope. on the podcast, you can. Please come on. That'd be awesome. I'll tag him on Twitter and see if he wants to come on. He but, probably will. He seems cool. Yeah, Keanu is cool. I've, I mean, he's dope. Anyways, um, I know it was in the movie, and I, I'm pretty sure I fucking read it somewhere. But there's like that age old wager between the God and, and devil of who can get more souls. And they allow the influence, you know, from each side, but you cannot directly, you can't, they couldn't. So for example, they couldn't come out and go boop, push you into traffic, but they can, yeah. they can kind of influence you, you humans to have free will. Exactly. Quote, unquote. But they can influence you to step out into traffic. Hey, I'll give you 10 bucks if you yeah, jump out in front of this Because bus. it's free will, like you said, quote unquote. And I say, Dunskies. I don't know if there's truth behind that or not, and I haven't looked into it in a long time, but it would be fucked up if that was actually the case. Definitely makes you think. Get your wheels sure. turning. And like I said, it's. I believe in it because I do believe that we do go somewhere after it's all said and done. Even if it's back here. Even if it's back here. I don't I don't think that just to make podcasts for the rest of eternity. And on a side note We would run out of topics. Well on a side note, don't let me forget. I've been thinking of some fucked up stuff <laughs> as far as like where we came from and stuff. I don't know. I've been convincing myself I got the shit figured out. Should we just do a freestyle episode? Probably. Okay. That's going to be dope. I'm game. That's easy. No research on Hell freestyle yeah. episode. I don't think people like it very much, though. That's what we're... Or do you? We're about to find out. Anyway. We're going to probably wrap it up there because that was kind of heavy. Yeah. So that's the first one, first demonic thing we've done. 
yeah, that's that's yeah. Anyway, it'll probably get revisited though. Yeah, it's demons and shit. So check us out at all our social medias: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Just Hollow Sky, search us, and we're there. Come and hang out. Leave us creepy stories. Send us creepy stories. And until the next time we meet, don't fuck with the devil because the devil will follow you home. Remember that, kids. Remember that shit.